Welcome to Interpod, the global voices of Pride podcast powered by Interpride, where the world comes together for the LGBTQIA community. I'm Michelle Miao, your host. This special episode is the launch of the Elephant in the Room series, hosted by Richard Brether Bell, Vice President of Accessibility, Diversity, and Inclusion for Interpride, and also co-chair of the Human Rights and Diversity Committee. Richard is also coordinator of ROPE, Racism and Oppression Awareness Program. In our very first episode of the Elephant in the Room series, Richard speaks with Mino Likwazi, who is the co-founder of Women's Alliance for Equality in Zambia. My name is Richard Brether Bell. I am the Vice President of Diversity, Inclusion, and Accessibility. I am also the co-chair of the um, Enterprise Human Rights and Diversity Committee and the coordinator of ROPE, Racism Oppression Awareness Program. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. With Interpod, we are launching a, a collaboration entitled The Elephant in the Room. So what is the elephant in the room? Well, the elephant in the room is racism and bias that occurs within our community, within our spaces. So today I have Mino uh, with me, and we're going to discuss ways that we can bring awareness to the issues of uh, racism and promote anti-racism. So Mino, tell us a little about yourself and your organization. Okay. Um, so I'm from Lusaka, Zambia and I'm co-founder of an LBTQ organization called Women's Alliance for Equality. Um, so LBTQ, our primary focus, but we also do some work around key populations, sex workers, um, the intersectionality of all of that. Um, our organization really was founded um, at the time because the gay and MSM movement was quite strong in Zambia, and the LBTQ voice was quite silent. Um, no one was doing much about it. Um, a program here and there, but really the visibility and the inclusion of LBTQ women was almost non-existent. So we co-founded in 2015 and got registered in 2018. So that's kind of what we do and our focus really is around um, economic strengthening and livelihood development. We do some business engagement. Um, health programs, um, mental health and wellness, so we do Pride. We did the first Pride in Lusaka, Zambia, which is something we're very proud of, and that's something we've been doing every year, and we're adding more of these wellness events every year as we go to just give people that space to be included. We think lived experiences here are extremely important. Um, it's probably the most effective educational tool. So why don't you uh, talk a little bit about your experiences with uh, racism? <laughs> I mean, that's a big one. So, well, I'm black. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, well, people, when you're in spaces with a diversity of races, people always say it's an inclusive space. We don't see color. We're all in this together. Leave no one behind. But in actual fact, I think it's lip service um, and there isn't enough tangible I think action that's being taken to actually have that uncomfortable conversation because that's what it is people will say they don't see color we do see color and we need to acknowledge color and what 
that means um, if we're going to kind of progress what we're doing effectively, because if we pretend we don't see color, then we can address the very specific issues that relate to who we are based on our race, I think is, is, is my experience. So even in spaces that are this great, this inclusive, the colorism is still always there. Um, when we're here talking about activism around the globe, we're talking about funding, we're talking about international programs, I feel, because I can only speak from the black perspective, but I feel like there's almost the savior syndrome when it comes to black people in LGBTI activism and advocacy. It's that someone is coming to save you from all your troubles, which honestly someone did cause in the first place because someone brought those crap laws that we have. Um, so color is something we need to acknowledge in all interactions. We can't say we don't see it, it's there. In the simplest of settings, privilege that comes with color is something we constantly have to be aware of. Um, and like I said, we can't ignore the uncomfortable conversation. Um, I think that's my, that's my experience with that. Yeah, and I, I appreciate that. I, I hear that all the time as well, or that we're the same, or that <laughs> we're not the same. Um, we all deserve respect and equality and equity, but no, we're not all the same, and we don't all have that um, as well. So um, we have... I'm based in the United States. I'm from New Mexico. Um, a lot of my workshops are based on my experience as a black man, a black gay man in the United States. So one of the pushbacks that we're hearing is that because Enterpride is a global organization, that the issues we're talking about, like, you know, the teachings of Martin Luther King, um, um, Juneteenth, Black History Month, are too U.S. centric. That is a lot of the response that I'm getting. So, and, and that if that we need to be more gl global, that we need to be more, you know, um, spread our messages throughout uh, and, and share the experience uh, through, through, uh, that take place outside of the United States, which we, of course, agree. But then we need people to bring those experiences and share those experiences with us. Um, but we are a global community and um, a lot of the challenges that we face are very similar. So how would you address that when we're hearing pushback or receiving pushback, oh, well, racism, police brutality, that is more of a Northern American issue? Yeah. Um I mean, we see it in the news all the time, right? What's happening in the US um, towards the LGBTI communities. Um, but I feel, like you said, we, we have very similar experiences. They don't always manifest in the exact same way. But I mean, the pushback that, for example, black LGBTI persons have in the US are just kind of packaged a little bit differently in our context because then it's not necessarily when we experience, for example, police brutality, it's not necessarily based off race, but it will be based off your sexual orientation or your gender identity. So those kinds of challenges are there, but I think they just present very differently in different contexts. But I think the first step 
is acknowledgement of the issue that we do have similar experiences, we do have, our lives are interconnected in one way or another, um, whether we acknowledge that or not. But how do we start having that conversation? I think acknowledgement is the first thing. Um, so it's not like a US problem or a Zambia problem, but I think it's something that's being faced by our communities, both with the sexual and gender minorities and race, um, because this, the race thing is still something that comes up quite prominently even when we do face the harassment from the police because if I'm seen as this mask presenting person, then I am portraying something that is perceived to be white, right? So that's, that's one issue. Um, if I'm a female-bodied person that's loving other female-bodied person, then I am doing something that is perceived to be white. Um, so I think it's very similar experiences, but I think this is a good place to start. The fact that we can have this conversation and see where our lives kind of intersect and what's the similarity, but also what can we do about it together. Um, I'm not a fan of one-sided allyship. <laughs> I feel every person, we might have different resources, different abilities, different networks, but I think everybody can bring something tangible to the table. So I think it's having the, that conversation from the perspective of what is everybody bringing and not what am I coming to do for you because I need to save you. But I think we all have something that we can bring to the table and can bring to the conversation and we need to start actively bringing those issues out and having everybody contribute and not make it a top-down approach, but how we're having a conversation as peers at the table with the same power, with, with the same opportunity, but also acknowledging our own individual experiences, I think. D don't ignore it. it it's, 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 it's a fact. Uh, race is a thing. So if we ignore it, I think we're just making the problem bigger. As with most problems, you stomp on it so much, it eventually just explodes, which is what we see, I think. So don't ignore it. So one more question. What can organizations like Enterprise, like ILGA, like um, the uh, Human Rights uh, Conference, what can, they, what can we all do um, to help us to have a better understanding and better conversations and awareness when it comes to racism? Yeah. So I think, first of all, it's, if, we're, if we're talking a more global approach to how we're tackling racism, especially from global North organizations, um, I would say the first thing is Like I said, the honest conversation, but also don't come in with the savior mentality. So yes, um, resources will be available in different ways to different institutions. And so that power dynamic always comes into play. But I think if we're channeling those resources to what's actually needed by grassroots to create the change that's needed, 
it's it's easy to speak when you're at the top, when you have all the money, when you have all the protection, um, and make fabulous statements, and they help. But I think engaging with the people that are most affected by what it is that we're trying to fight and get them active in creating that change because there's nothing more powerful than what will be put in by someone that lives it every day as opposed to someone that reads a brief about it every day, I think. So I think it's that engagement that's needed. But also, when we're talking about partnership and support to grassroots or north-south collaborations, listen to the people that are on the ground because no one will have it better. No one will tell the story in a more perfect way than someone that lives it every day. So I know it's tempting to come with an agenda because you want to do something and it's great. Um, but incorporate, I think, the multiple voices. So not talking down, but again, partnership, which is something I'm very passionate about. If we're gonna have a conversation, whether you have $1 million and I have $1, we need to speak as equals. I think that's what drives um, that kind of change. Thank you so much, Richard and Mino, for being part of our very first episode of the Elephant in the Room series. To learn more about ROPE, Racism and Oppression Awareness Program of Interpride, head to interpride.org. There you'll also find all past episodes of Interpod. This is Interpod, the global voices of Pride podcast powered by Interpride, where the world comes together for the LGBTQIA community. 